0: Lesson learned For next time
1: <laughs> There was only a person To tell you to restart this So <laughs> I've got to be careful About these About these cables Right well, The cable's yeah. fine
0: It's perfectly fine it's, um, The cables are fine You don't have okay. to worry About yeah, them Yeah it's
1: just all. these Like the These things Okay
0: Yeah Worst case scenario you get electrocuted And we're f- Like We lost the no, guest I'm But talking It's about not like game. we lost Like one of the Like main people
1: <laughs> <case>.
0: <laughs> 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 if, if I If I lose <laughs> the IL Then we're Basically yeah. doomed but <laughs> but <Ba-da-bing, ba-da-bing.
1: laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All that, right. That's the new intro, <laughs> by the way. What? Me telling Erin that she can get like a. This is. <laughs> Are you recording? Oh yeah, I'm always oh. recording. I'm a <laughs> He's terrible always recording. <laughs> I always find Ew. some dumb things to put before you know, Crazy. the intro. Great. So, hello, hello. I'm Raz
1: And I'm Jelle Schweiger, and welcome to Tech Point Charlie, episode 10. Yeah, woohoo, 10 episodes. <laughs> so, today to celebrate, we have a guest.
0: Oh, yes. Hello, Erin. How are you?
2: <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs>
0: Happy to have you here. Yeah, we've been waiting
1: for this moment, I know definitely. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's been a long time coming, but yeah. I'm glad it's happened now. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Yeah, so for everyone who's listening, uh, just so you know, so Erin is a good friend of ours and you and I also have been working together uh, previously uh, here in Berlin. So the topic of this episode is related to design and UX and we're going to introduce it in a moment. But maybe for everyone who's listening, we can introduce you first and foremost so everyone kind of knows, you know, who we're talking with. So Erin. Who are you? Who,
2: who am I? Who
0: are you as a person? <laughs> Where are you from? Let's start with So
2: that. I am from Australia. I've been working worldwide. I ha- started in Australia, was working in Singapore, uh, Poland, London. Now I'm in Berlin with you. I've had yes. about 17 years experience in the design and UX industry. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So everyone who's listening, you're getting like the cherry on top here, <laughs> only here in our podcast. <laughs> and also, I know you hate mentioning this, but I'm going to do it for you oh, that no. you have yeah that you have numerous awards. <laughs> just tell us, come on, how many they are?
2: <laughs> yeah, I well, I have 22. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I had a whole team of of people working with me, so they're not just for my name <laughs> you know
1: yeah but still it's <laughs> I across mean, the,
2: across my career too so it's been a long career so yeah I mean yeah, and
0: uh, yeah it's, I have 15 14 years I don't even remember anymore but whatever how many and awards For me or for my teams? Both? (laughs) Zero. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I have not won awards either. Right. So you worked also for startups and agencies and, and, and? Like, Mm -hmm. what else?
2: So I've uh, worked, uh, I started out working in some agencies back in Australia, Mm -hmm. and then I moved across to uh, Telco, which was kind of like half agency, half startup. <laughs> and then um, back to agency in London. And then um, now in uh, Berlin, I'm kind of like really focusing more on product. Right. Um, I guess like as the user experience industry has kind of unfolded in front of us and evolved as we've gone, like I've just kind of evolved with it. And yeah. like now my heart is, is very much in, um, in product.
1: So product design specifically. Product design,
2: solving problems, like uh, working with research teams, like building, building design teams and really yeah. like activating, motivating people and designers. Anyhow, so
1: let's introduce today's uh, a topic and I'm going to read here. Okay. So what it means for everyone to have a design and UX leading the strategy, which I'm guessing then like versus... Product leading the strategy or business leading the strategy or. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: I guess more so than anything, like particularly in Berlin or particularly in the startup scene, you really have like the tech is usually leading its strategy. It's the strategy.
1: It's the tech that... <laughs>
2: Sorry. Raz but... is like sitting there quietly. <laughs> you,
1: I will not say a word for the entire episode You make my no. life difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. I mean, a lot of startups, because uh, you have to build something and you have to have a very small team mm. to make your concept or even a proof of concept or to just, you know, launch and start it up you usually don't start with a product person or yeah, it's mostly like marketing and maybe business strategy, but yeah, like people who have the ability to make something coming from, you know, engineering and just making them. And then when you arrive there and there's a whole new market or there's a whole new need, then I think for product and design also, you're, you're already starting with something that's there Mm. that was not necessarily like thought out from, from that perspective Initially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess like in the startup industry, you're you're kind of like really focused on outcomes. So, like you know, getting getting the product out to market as fast as possible, and you know, this can often yeah. lead to um, design and research uh, being put on the back burner. Yeah. And I guess like my focus is to kind of make the shift, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I really try and drive like design led or research led teams where you can end up moving a lot faster and be more collaborative with the, um, development teams and be collaborative with the, with the marketing teams and really bring design up to be like, have a seat at the table, um, and, and, and see it as like, you know, where we can be heads as well, not just hands, you know, especially in the, you know, when, when a lot of startups start out, um, designs kind of seen as like the, the, the liquor paint that happens on top, or they're just kind of there to like activate some ideas and things like this but actually we can be a lot more powerful than this and this is something that i've been focusing on in the last couple of years um and trying to make the shift and and kind of turn turn startups on their head to really like see how the benefits of of bringing design up and and uh, enabling them to potentially lead the strategy or like work with
1: the teams to lead that yeah And that's super interesting. I mean, for both of us, because both of us have been working with designers along the years in different roles, some just UI, some just UX, some more on the research side, some trying, you know, trying to fix small things or doing an overhaul. And it was always, at least in my eyes, a meaningful part of the conversation. Mm. It's never something that you kind of, you know, say, put that button there because the people with expertise should influence that decision. Mm but i think the conversation of today is even larger than that it's not about like how to work with a designer to get that business outcome or product outcome that you need mm. that you're looking for but it's actually turning it around and saying that design and ux should maybe take the lead on mm. some things and this is a a wonderful concept that i think this is exactly where what we're going to be diving into today yeah so how how do you see it like uh unfolding or even you know in companies that you've worked at where it was not the case to, to begin with, like how does it look like when it's like this scenario versus the other?
2: Mm. I mean, I guess um, design and UX is like a, it's it's big a big problem solving thing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So I mean, everyone's out there to try and solve the problems. Okay. Right. So I come into a company where the um, it's it's actually development focused or very marketing focused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, designers are kind of, like, sat on the side or, you know, they're just kind of, like, executing a lot of A-B tests. And, you know, you can see the general, like, unhappiness, (laughs) you know, of them just kind of, like, pumping out stuff. They're really not being used for their talent. Mm -hmm. You know, when you kind of activate them, they become a lot more happy. They become, like, a lot more motivated. They start to engage people. They start to engage the teams, you know, Mm -hmm. and they start to really bring this, like, nice, like, fluid creativity, like, right through the company. And, you know, by activating the designers, you know, they're the ones who are going to be doing a lot more collaboration. They're going to be ones initiating the workshops. They're going to be working with the research teams, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can really start to, like, make a shift in the company. And it actually doesn't have to happen at a slow pace either, Really? So, yes. It's not I, like
1: a year's process no, or something? No,
2: so, I mean, obviously, you need the support from, from management. Mm. Um, and I don't feel that in any case that where I've I've come in and, and kind of changed things that I've never not had the support to make that change. Because well, I've, maybe
1: also because you make a good case for <laughs> what it could be used yeah, for. Yeah,
2: exactly. I think bringing, bringing research on, on board underneath the, well, alongside the design team is mm-hmm. is really vital because obviously tech startups and stuff love the numbers (laughs) and they love the user research. So like enabling that as like a part of the design team is, is super important. But I mean, in the, in the last company that I was at, um, you know, I came on, the designers were, were quite unhappy. There was a lot of like division between Mm -hmm. the designers, the rest of the team, like just general kind of, um, the flow wasn't happening. Right. Um, and just, A lot of listening, a lot of like diving in, understanding what the designers need, listening to what other people wanted, stakeholder interviews and things like this, like getting to the core of the problem.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, We made big changes within three months. Wow. um, Three months? Three months. Like you're talking about changes in the product. Changes in the, not necessarily in the product, but in the dynamic of the company. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like you can really create and build like happy teams when you have... Like a good design strategy or a well researched yep. um you know solutions um being put forward, and I think there's also something to the design team with like creating like a vision. Mm -hmm. you know and people can really get behind this it's kind of like this emotion that you know this or this output you know that that people can really get behind it's like a very tactile thing right so it's kind of aligned with the double diamond design process model Mm -hmm. um but i kind of have like some things layering on top of this and like you know enabling a lot of flexibility so Mm -hmm. i mean i can talk about this later but i mean i definitely see the the change in the dynamic of the of the whole company you know it doesn't matter if it's big or small i mean we had a team of seventy developers um 70? 70. wow, <laughs> and that's only, a big reach yeah, we had uh five or six designers, one mm-hmm. freelancer um
0: that's it
1: yeah the wow, <laughs> the ratio the was, ratio is crazy yeah. so as I'm listening you know to uh, your spiel about this whole thing, it sounds you know uh, that you can affect a lot of people like to get them to join the process make better decisions, know why they're doing things, be in better collaboration with Mm. designers. Mm. um, And that makes the output much, much better. Mm. But, you know, sitting here from a product perspective, I'm also wondering um, how does this uh, change the output? Like, does this happen fast? Like when you have people joining the design process, when it's design-led, like um, what's the starting point? Because I, I know in like the current... Uh, agile methodologies it's usually like the product person who kind of defines the problem or finds out what the problem is and defines it and like uh, takes a a team to to make sure that we solve it well right Mm -hmm. when it's led by designers like how does this look like well I mean I guess like design
2: led has a lot of like connotations to it right like I mean I don't really like to see necessarily as It being design led, but like design having like an equal part at the table, you know? So, you know, we would like, I mean, the product owner, for example, would be looking at the data or maybe there's some user research interviews Mm -hmm. or some insights that we found and it would become more of a conversation, you know? And I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be heard, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to do a good job. And nobody wants anyone else to fail. Right. So, and everybody wants to be working on good things. So it's, it's all about like finding that balance that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, and, and bringing the designers up, you can kind of create a lot more strategic visions about how this is, how this is going to go. It's like about building trust and creating trust like across every department of, of the company. And, um, I think designers, especially in startups are uh, like, you know, they're, they're underestimated and, um, you know, it's only been recently that there's been a lot more, like, design directors or, you mm-hmm. know, design leads that have really come up in this industry. And, you know, they, we're really starting to see the value in it now. Yeah. And then, you know, you're talking about the ratio before, and you normally it was just, like, one designer, like, pumping out the designs. And, you know, it was like… Just doing
1: the pixel pushing instead the, of problem yeah, solving. Yeah, like, Mac
2: yeah. Monkeys, you know, and, like… Sorry, what was it? Mac Monkeys. Mac Mac monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's an There's
0: Australian
1: like, slang like, term. No, no, it's like code monkey. <laughs> There's
0: like a mech monkey because you're working on your mech. Yeah. It's like oh <laughs> like new <laughs> for me, though. No, I've never heard it before. <laughs> Pixel
2: Pusher Mech Monkey. <laughs> Pixel is a Mech
0: Monkey, that's cute. Uh, Which
1: we don't endorse. No, I don't endorse
2: <laughs> this. And I guess this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you know, it's the, the concept of, of really bringing design up to having a seat at the table and mm-hmm. and just like. Enjoying the process where everyone gets gets uh, to be part of it, yeah, and um,
1: and I see a lot of untapped potential in this because if I even like identify a problem, sometimes the solution doesn't have to be something that engineering does and it, it could be for example like a marketing problem right mm-hmm. but those things are easier to identify and i think uh the line between like product and, and ux and design is a very fine line mm. because we're all dealing with the same type of problem exactly and sometimes we can really like maximize um you know wanting to change a behavior of a user or supporting something or solving a problem and looking at it from a, a user's perspective of how they interact within the application whether you know whatever it is Mm. um, making small changes there that can maybe seem small can lead to a very fluent experience Mm. and that sometimes in itself resolves the problem and when I have been working with the designers like like you for example and others that you know when we were working together it was uh maybe you know maybe already then I kind of Got your approach on that and we would just remember when we were sitting in that room just putting things on the board and saying all right so what are we trying to solve here how could this look like where Mm -hmm. are the dead ends and it's not just about you know pixel pushing and pumping out assets or saying you know what what color should we use in this type of market stuff like that it's it's way more deeper than that Mm. maybe you can like tell us about uh, an example or something that of something that was you know deeply entangled with with design work that is Maybe not very easy to see from the outside, you know. The perspective of designers is kind of like, you know, make me something pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's much more than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I guess... I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say that I'm not the kind of person that's going to say you're doing this right or you're doing this wrong. like. And I think a large part about solving the problems within the design team and how people work together is all about listening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, problem solving um, or problem framing workshops um, mm-hmm. are vitally important. Um, and, and this is where designers can actually like come in at the beginning. So I found like, for example, like one of the... Uh, a project that i was working on the previous company that i was working at we had this very very simple or what it deemed to be a very simple task mm-hmm. um, and i guess like you know the the product owner like or whoever the product manager he he took the task and was like it's very simple it's just this you know this is all it is and i think it was some kind of like ui like strike through of a price like of mm-hmm. a very um like a very simple, uh, like a discount price, right? right? And so on on the back end, he kind of said, that it's just like adding an extra like form field to say the new price, right, mm-hmm. of this particular item.
1: Which is kind of already solving the problem or assuming you're solving assuming the problem. Assuming that yeah. you're solving the problem, correct.
2: So I think that it's very easy, like, you know, there's so much underneath the hood when it comes to product that it's very easy to just kind of look at things at like this high level and say, it's just this, you know. Yeah. If design, for example, um, had come in earlier or, you know, some UX people had come in earlier, and it could literally just be like a one hour workshop. Mm-hmm. I mean, just having this collaboration up front, you know, getting the main people into the room up front, having these like kickoff meetings or defining what the problem is like, what mm-hmm. are we solving here? Yeah. Then this project would not have gone on for nine months <laughs> and oh, wow. actually never be solved <laughs> wow, so um you know it, it went on for a really long time every like it just exploded and exploded because you know it was told that it was just this, and then you know the developers, for example, like took it and they're like no it 's not just this. They saw the unpack in the hood they like mm-hmm. got everything like out, and then everything exploded and this is very common <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> like you know, yeah. to, f- to like get the requirements as you go. But there's so much to like working with a business analyst or working with the user researcher or working with the UX person up front to like open up this
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like go, what are we working with here?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: it could, it could seriously be like, you know, an hour or a day, you know, or yeah. a w- even if it's a week
1: doesn't matter if it's, if it's a week because even if it's a month <laughs> yeah, because you, yeah you, because you spend time on Nine the right thing, of not
0: like yeah. not delivering something exactly like, just, exactly you yeah, plan some more
2: exactly so you know it's all about you know bringing bringing those people in earlier mm-hmm. and it's not even just the designers it's actually just everyone like trying to uh, you know designers want to be collaborative you know mm-hmm. well yeah. i feel that they do they're creative people they're creative souls you know and you know, they, 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 like a good designer should want to be collaborative, yep. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess like everybody wants to be collaborative. We're all working in a big team as yeah. well, you know, and we all want to work on good stuff. No one wants to be handed things and just said, hey, do this. Like yeah. that is the worst.
0: <laughs> I know. Like I know some developers that like that. Like. Oh, some. really? Yeah, yeah, I think
1: it's different fields though. Mm. Like, no, uh,
0: I mean, like, so I just actually want to say that I, I feel like the problem space that we 're talking about is exactly the same for devs
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I think devs want to also be part of that in initial problem space and talking about it because right. they can basically then address their like their problems and and ba- like tell the product person or the, and the designer and everyone else well, this solution that you've just proposed will probably forty eight weeks of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, solution number two will be 12 weeks of effort. Mm-hmm. To we kind of approximate, yeah. and the the third one will be whatever. And then you you can actually then play with that as well. Mm. So, um, because you might want solution one as a product and design person, but then if it's 48 weeks of effort and solution two is 12, you might say, well, let's start with the 12 one and then see how where it drives yeah, us. Because it's not like it's it's an okay number two. Mm-hmm. And devs feel like they're also not being part of the discussions, and that's a big problem. But going back to my point, I think these are very much product-driven developers. I've worked with A lot of the developers were like, just leave me alone. I like my database Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or I like my backend Mm -hmm. and uh, let me know uh, when you know what you want Mm -hmm. and which APIs you want to be open. And uh, I don't know.
1: And I'll execute it like wonderfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And and, you know, you need your experts as well. That's okay as well. Yeah. I mean,
2: that comes to my point about listening and understanding the people that you're working with as well. Like knowing who to bring into those teams, knowing who's going to provide the value, you know, like in some workshops that I've done, like... I've even come in and said, okay, this, this is like just for designers. We're going to come up with like this concept mm-hmm. yeah, and we'll bring in one or two people for some lightning talks and we want bullet points, you nice. know? And so there's different ways that you can create these like workshops or ways of collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, you can strategically like uh, work out like how you're going to like approach any topic, you know? Right. And, and it doesn't actually have to be for a, a, like a, a big project. It can be like a small feature, you know, or just a tiny change. Like I talk about my, with my designers, like, um, you know, dealing with things on, on, on three levels. You know, you can deal with things at, at a feature level, like, or, or a change level. Mm-hmm. And you can deal with something like at, at, at like, a, like a page level or... Something that's like a like a whole product vision, which is like this this mm-hmm. uh, redesigns that we're, we're that
1: yeah we're... or like navigational issues that are ac- yeah. across yeah, like exactly. a whole flow or journey exactly. or something.
2: But I think also with these like um, with with these workshops or, or things that you can h- initiate, you actually get buy in uh, from everybody, mm-hmm. and actually it also gives designers like a lot more confidence because they actually can figure out and know what they're going to be working with. And they move faster. So, you know, like, we end up moving quicker because we actually go back to our desks and Mm -hmm. sit down and know what we have to do. Right. You know, like, because if you're trying to find out, like, requirements as you go and you're you're pushing pixels, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it ends up, like, trying to find the solution over a week, whiteboard it, and then maybe the solution comes out and you get the screens done in, like, a day or two.
0: Um, Okay, so... Um, like how we started uh, experimenting with the concept where I work currently, where we start like a feature team, but basically a research-driven team. So we, like the idea is there is a problem space from the product side. And then we say, okay, we need maybe one researcher, one designer, and one developer to give estimations of effort and build prototypes. And the idea that this type of team formation will lead into... Um, basically feature development afterwards. So, so like, uh, the
1: output of that team is to have the problem well-defined and possible solution well-defined? Yes. Okay, so that's, like, okay, so that's the output that that, that team has yeah, the, to Yeah, the, the, the
0: team basically, in the end, won't create, like, artifacts that users will see, um, but will, like, but define properly... Possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, the things that need to be done, and then the product and the whatever will need to basically prioritize according to what's the solutions and what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Is this basically the idea or what you're talking about? Yeah, I
2: mean, there's different setups, right? So, I mean, it depends if you're working in squads or you're going to be working just as a design team and how the design team mm-hmm. is structured. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think definitely defining, like, the, all these things up front is, like, uh, like, what the what I'm talking about as yeah. such. You know, I definitely think this is exactly what we yeah. need to be doing. And having the de- having the developers as part of that as well is definitely, like, Mm-hmm. You know, a massive, massive part to it. So we've recently been, had a lot of, uh, you know, change requests come through from, you know, upper upper management. And, you know, when these change requests come through, like, you know, they, management have a way of, like, saying it should be like this. And, you know, they have an opinion about it. I mean, everybody has an opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but it's all about kind of managing those opinions and, and and communicating and documenting and like showing that the problems that that are going to be facing as a result of like these decisions and being like having the trust to like push back Mm -hmm. with the correct information. Um, and when you build this like sense of trust, which I think is like the biggest thing when it comes to Mm -hmm. like your work, (laughs) trusting the people around you, trusting the in, in your leadership Um, And and also just trusting that, that, you know, the people that are are there to solve the problems will eventually solve the problems in in the right way. Um, But designers haven't really had that trust, well, I feel. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. different, like, in in different places, different companies, different parts of the world. But I found that, um, yeah, like, designers, like, have really not been trusted or maybe just not considered. Um, And we really have to, like prove ourselves you know and this team that you're talking about it's like you know this team would definitely create the space to allow that trust you know Mm -hmm. you'd be like I mean if people don't really know what like what
1: designers can do
2: yeah Yeah. you know if they don't know what they can do then like how how do they know to leverage them in the right way
1: Anyway, so you can see uh, a shift in the market also in the industry where um, companies that are much more user-centered and user-focused are becoming more and more successful. So if you really analyze well and research well and you'll know your users and talk mm-hmm. to them and keep in contact, like real contact, not just be in an office and yeah. assume you know what they want, mm-hmm. but actually be in the know and be in contact with them and, and ask them, Um, that can reveal what they actually need. And Mm. if you are able to cater to that, then you would be more successful, simply put. Mm. And I think there are different roles in that sphere, um, which is for product to really define, you know, which directions we need to explore. Mm. Uh, But again, not necessarily framing the solutions. Mm. And Mm. I think this is where design can definitely come in. And that really helped um, with the industry change
2: yeah I love this topic, actually. Yeah. So one thing that um, I find is you know it's, it's not like designers don't just necessarily have to work with the immediate people around you, not mm-hmm. just the product owners, not just developers, you know and you know you could be in one room. It's like depending on what like you're talking about the customers, yeah. so it's about what, like having direct channels mm-hmm. into customer care, direct channels into sales, direct channels into marketing
1: and to users I would assume
2: and direct channels to users so then you always know that you're solving the right problems you know like for example the the previous place I was at they weren't capturing any information from customer care and customer Mm -hmm. care were actually on the front line listening to the problems yeah and that we basically as products like had I is like shut (laughs) la 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 la. we're solving problems here yeah we're
1: big and important in our office not talking to anyone not talking to which is a mistake obviously exactly
2: (laughs) so you know like and customer care also want to be heard because they don't want to be dealing with the same things over and again they probably hear the same stuff like over and over again so you know like having having like i don't know if there's a way that you can you can mediate this in some way i mean mm-hmm. um at the place we worked at together um it was just basically like a um like a, an email <laughs> that kind of went straight straight to the design team right. and uh every morning i mean it wasn't that nice to kind of come into like you know, these are the problems, <laughs> like yeah. a whole bunch of insults. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, at least um, we were hearing like firsthand the problems that the that customers were having with right. our product. And um, a lot of the time, this is completely overlooked. And, mm-hmm. you know, you couple that with um, with your uh, user testing mm-hmm. and you couple that with your business intelligence and your A-B testing. And like, as I said, it's all a big collaborative conversation and And allowing yourself to just be flexible and like solve the immediate problems like you could be uh, uh, like you could think like what is a problem we're trying to solve here like let's kind of bring in some other people and see if this is actually an issue I mean it's also valuable to have like multiple channels where you can enable like customers to kind of feed things back into you um so for example um we work directly with customers um like we would get we would get uh, feedback from customer care mm-hmm. um, but in our apps, for example, we had give us feedback right you know forms where the customers can <laughs>
1: write. Insults directly to us, <laughs>
2: oh my straight
1: to our inbox. <laughs> but but that, that's true. Even for, like from from my sit at the table, it's definitely something that like mm. it hurts to hear. Yeah. But it's the the most truthful information and indication to what's totally. hurting them.
2: And you re- you actually also remove the barriers because sometimes like you know I can be a bit lazy. It's like, oh my god, I've just had this terrible experience. Like I'm never going back there again. The end. You know, yeah. I've <laughs> got to call customer care and I've got to tell them, and they're not going to do anything about it, or mm-hmm. have to wait on the line for twenty minutes. Blah blah. blah. So. Yeah, um, I mean, allowing having those feedback channels and, and, and mediating that in the right way is important. We also uh, did a lot of user testing, um, you know, and we had like a Facebook group, for example, like a right. beta testing Facebook group, um, and this was so good. <laughs> we basically like would release our app mm-hmm. to our beta beta testers, yeah, and they would test our app for us before it was released. They would be getting discounted food, and it was great. And they'd tell us all the bugs that we were having, like, and they didn't care because they were getting like, you know, discounted food and they were expecting like a little bit of a crappy experience, which
1: is, is a good uh, fair point for like, you know, beta groups and and tests and that sort of stuff. But I, what I'm hearing also is that you're saying that you as a part of the design team and maybe designers you were working with were also in that group.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We were all in that. It was great. And we were all getting the feedback. We were all contributing. And it was nice to come in, like, in the morning sometimes. And, like, you know, our beta testers had been uh, quite active. Mm-hmm. And they basically did the QA for us as well. Right. <laughs> it was quite good. And <laughs> We amazing. only had to pay them, like, a 12 euro voucher or something like <laughs> yeah. this. You know, this was, like, so valuable to us. Like, yeah. And they were giving us ideas too. Like, I think that mm-hmm. this is also, like, about, you know, I think stakeholders um, – are quite visionary, you know, mm-hmm. and they can have these ideas about where they want to take the product. Yeah. You know, and you, you, if you interview, do stakeholder interviews, which I would highly recommend if you're ever doing a redesign or introducing a new feature or something like this, have some stakeholder interviews. Interview like, you know, 10 or 12 stakeholders and pull out the main topics and then go and do that with your users mm-hmm. and then see if the topics that they're talking about, the stakeholders are actually aligned with the users. You'll probably find they're quite different, but mm-hmm. you know, that the topics like, you know, for example, we would always talk about personalization and, you know, smart content and, you know, the users were like, I just want it to work well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, I just want to get my
1: food. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's it's very different. You're touching like a very good, sensitive, you know, right on point. Mm, yeah. uh, because it, it's true sometimes when you're sitting in those, uh, you know, rooms with all the management and there is a vision to where to take this company. And it's very valuable, but sometimes it's a couple of steps ahead mm. and something is not, functioning well mm. in the application itself for mm. the user and that is the reason why we're losing people right yeah
2: totally and i think there's also something to like also being a little bit lost in the now problems as well mm-hmm. so you've got to kind of find a balance i think yeah. that when i came onto board at my last company we were all very much focused on the now problems and we weren't actually thinking ahead mm-hmm. and there was no there wasn't much vision you know mm-hmm. we weren't no one really knew where we were going we were just like day-to-day grind you know a b -hmm. test and you know it wasn't um people didn't feel good about doing that they didn't know where they were going you know people Mm. need to know where they're going they need to be heard they need to understand like where 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 they're actually going to be taking this eventually Mm. so you know like you know getting doing these stakeholder interviews getting people in a room collaborating listening and creating this like well, I, this is kind of like what my a little bit of my methodology around how mm-hmm. I, how I kind of come in and, and do a little bit of reshuffle, redesign yep. is you know creating creating this like vision, and it, it could be two years down the track, mm-hmm. but with like these stakeholder interviews with these cu- with these customer interviews, you're actually capturing all of these problems, and you're able to like say, "I hear you." We can include it as our vision.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We project ourselves like where do we want to be in two years from now, three years mm-hmm. from now? Let's. Do this. And it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be complete voice activated. (laughs) It could be like, you know, a whole new brand. Like where do we, where do we want, where do we want this? You know, Mm -hmm. where do we want to take it? And then you come back to where we are now. Mm -hmm. And then you start creating the projects that will enable that to happen. Right. And you're like, okay.
1: I. So it's being very proactive to like where you want to take this company. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or even if you're not doing a, an overhaul, it's knowing that when you touch this area and that area, then you already know which way it's going. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And then you're able to use a test
2: and like have more flexibility and like that vision ends up becoming like a shifting goalpost. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually have to be this like holy grail of like solutions. It's just an idea that people can get behind. Right. And, you know, the stakeholders have had their say in it. You know, customers have had their say. And then basically you come back to where we are now. You're, okay, let's break this down and let's go step by step toward mm-hmm. that. And we'll do some user testing. We'll do some of this. We'll look at this feature. Mm-hmm. We'll break this down. We'll see if this works. But you, you're you able to break it down into larger chunks mm-hmm. and not focus on these like tiny day-to-day like micro tasks that yeah. you can easily get bogged down in. I mean, it, and know, they can it,
1: pile on problems on top of
2: pile it on. Like yeah. you could be a B testing, a B tests, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you can just like, keep going with that. And mm. like everybody loves the numbers, you know, and it, yeah. it, it's, it, it can get out of hand, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I it's think easy to
0: spiral out of control, really numbers. easy. To, yeah. And
2: I think that it doesn't create happiness either within any, for, for anyone. Basically. For anyone, I, not yeah. even
0: for the end user. In the end, True. because it's just once you spiral and like out of control with numbers, then you, ca- you get to this like I don't know, like release phobia a bit. Like I can't release this because the numbers yeah. are like sixty nine percent, and we said we want to only release seventy five percent certainty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're not trying anything yeah. anymore. Yeah, what
2: this vision enables as well is you are able to start moving things in larger chunks mm-hmm. and start like tackling or creating projects that will enable that that vision that you are creating and then you're able enab- then you're able to use the research team and strategically construct very precise research tests mm-hmm. you know and and then steer your design in a way that it needs to be steered what's a research test Okay, so like a a user research. uh, Oh, okay, okay. Interview. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) no, it was like, oh my god, terminology. (laughs) So, like a yeah, like a user, like a user, user interview, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So when when we first started out um, doing this redesign, uh, we were focusing on one particular page, and. We started by like I mean we were just I was hearing constantly like we are not happy with the way our product looks like you know and so we're like okay well how do we want our product to look then let's let's do that so we did the yeah. we did the workshop and
0: mm-hmm. we created
2: the vision and then we came back and then we from the from this vision to where we are now we actually did a user test um, what we kind of like skinned the our our vision piece <laughs> back into the 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 current UI so Mm -hmm. the users weren't kind of like thinking too much about this new design so that's also important and we were able to say use these prototypes Mm -hmm. and which one do you prefer and Mm -hmm. this prototype test like sorry this user test we were able to strategically go do we have the capacity to Mm -hmm. change this like do our users are are they like locked into this design Mm -hmm. you know so I think this is, was really valuable. Like, do we have the ability to change this page in the way that we want to? Um, because that was that's like the core problem. Like, if we came back and the users were like, uh, "No, the page is working just fine," then mm. we wouldn't even go down this whole path. Like, we might right. then then that the goalpost would shift.
0: That's amazing. And we—that's we, actually quite great.
1: Yeah, so it's and like then spending a little bit of time to even verify if the problem exists or if exactly. does the vision actually solve the yeah. problem. And you can
2: use your research team to enable that. Yep. And then once you, once we got a yes, great. Okay. I mean, you can do that in various ways as well. Mm-hmm. You can do some tree testing or you can do some like little drawing and like cut and, mm-hmm. cut and paste kind of things and get them to construct their own like page or whatever. Make it fun. Um, but then the next test after that, we looked at some data and we're like, okay, so now we have the ability to change it, change mm-hmm. this page where will the user get the most value? Mm -hmm. So then we would bring in the BI teams and start talking with these guys and say, you know, looking at conversion rates, what will provide the most value? Like where can we get the most value out of this page? And then they said this particular feature. And it was like the search and discovery, which was like, Mm -hmm. you know, search and filters and all this kind of stuff. So we found that they basically said, you know, when people search or use filter, they convert higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they get more fine re- results. Right? Yeah. And so then we were like, great. So now we're going to focus on this particular chunk. So then we started creating like using the vision that we had, started creating versions of this particular feature mm-hmm. and using the research team to test that. And then mm-hmm. we got that chunk done, you know. Right. And then we moved on to the next piece, you know. So you're able to start like A, B testing like larger pieces. Mm-hmm potentially i mean people have to be open to this as well because i know yeah. people like to kind of like you know by bit do a little safe. bit by bit and know precisely like what it was within that feature that like yeah. but made can the save conversion you months. rate up i mean but if it, can... it
1: fails it feels but if it succeeds mm-hmm. then you can mm-hmm. save you months
2: i mean also i'm talking contextually as well i mean we were talking about like a big redesign and when you do want a big redesign you need to start thinking like in in larger chunks yeah. otherwise you're going to be there forever yeah and this is the case that we had so we're like but we were strategically working out, like, what is going to be the most valuable. And then from there, we tested those bits yep. and then started, like, creating the page. And, you know, the, the design, the vision piece had, like, this search and discovery element in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But we tested that and we were just able to, like, pull out that piece, whatever won the user test or whatever we ended up doing from that and placing it into this vision. So it would end up kind of like evolving as we evolved and like Mm -hmm. it allowed, I just allowed this more human experience. Like, you know, we don't have to know the answers. Like no one knows what we're doing. (laughs) I mean, I think that there's a lot of like, you know, this idea around like, you know, being a leader or being like a, you know, so yeah. You don't have to be the smartest person yeah, in the room. Literally. You don't
1: have to have the answer.
0: like you definitely don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, Want to hire the smarter people and basically just set goals and basically just see them follow and through and set up
1: exactly and set up yeah. the environment and yeah. move people in the right direction and enable the right people to sit in the same room and solve a problem, yeah. which you don't necessarily need to yeah. solve yourself. Yeah. I, I hate when people do that. Yeah. just coming from you know from the top saying pointing to something saying yeah. move this to the left that would solve it and I'm like hold on yeah. like there's but so much more expertise yeah. like in this room in this company that we can use so mm. let's use that and mm-hmm. it's not just but
0: management to be fair it just I'm um, trying yeah. to think about also like it sounds everything that Erin is saying right now sounds like I'm I like uh, it's very much like how engineers feel uh, in many places mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of product managers uh, or product owners whatever yeah, it's do called. the same do the same they come in already with the solution mm, they come yeah. in saying this is what we need to do. I need artifacts, code artifacts from engineers. I need these designs from the designers yeah. and let's get done. Let's get it done. And I think like what Aaron just said, actually like um, kind of worked well for me because I've been talking about a lot about how maintenance is basically the biggest problem. Currently I'm mm. um, talking about startups. Crazy growth is not working well. Like mm. hiring 25, 30% more new developers every year will just basically slow you down. Mm. And what we need to start doing is actually starting making sure that what we deliver to people is something that people want because in the end, we need to maintain that. And if we deliver, it's actually rolling it back. It's more difficult once people are starting to use it, even if it's not a lot of them. And it comes with bugs. It comes with actual actual more code done. and, And we need to start thinking about how can we drive... Actually, deliver less and but more by doing less. Mm. That would be great. Like less features, more value with the features we drive. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, And definitely resonates with me what you were saying because I think, uh, speaking of myself only, you know, when I was a junior product owner or product manager, however you call it, (laughs) it was (laughs) like (laughs) it's always this this discussion. But uh, I think, uh, you know, in the beginning, I thought, okay, I know nothing. (laughs) And then, like, a year into this, I was like, You know, I know everything. I know the solution. I know how to frame it. I'll just write a ticket where it frames the problem and the solution and tell the designer what they need to do. And as I grew into this, I learned exactly this, that it's not about being the smartest person in the room Mm. or delivering the exact, you know, solution. Like Mm. in one sentence, this is what we should do. It's Mm. more about delivering the vision, framing the problem correctly, and then letting the people with the expertise to execute with expertise mm-hmm. that yeah. i am not necessarily might have Exactly. maybe you know my role is more about like uh finding the problems or the focus points or or enabling teams to work well together yeah and your but, and
2: your dynamic or your role could potentially change it doesn't yeah it doesn't you don't have to do that you yeah. could end up jumping into design as well like it's about approachability you know, like I'm more than happy for like a developer to come to me with wireframes. You of know, course. that actually leads
1: me to a question that I wanted to ask: Why there are not enough designers sitting at the table? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You I start mean, even I think, framing
1: a problem. Yeah, I mean,
2: I think also like when you're you, when you're in these collaborative uh, sessions, yeah. Um, to what you were saying before, like why could actually be quite defensive um, or in, in, instigate a little bit of defense. So mm. I think it's important to understand, like, or like understand the people that you're working with Mm -hmm. and pose questions in a what or a how Mm
1: -hmm. way. Yeah, how might we do something? How might we
2: do this? What do you think? Uh, What am I supposed to do with that? You know, Mm -hmm. this is important because why are we doing that? It like immediately creates this level of defense because it's like a judgment question. Mm -hmm. So like trying to be considerate of the people that you're collaborating with um, because it's also their ideas, you know, and yeah. everybody likes doing what they do and, you know, can get quite emotional about the things that they're working on. Mm-hmm. And no one, and if you're kind of cre- trying to create like a collaborative and approachable environment, it's important to, um, you know, tailor your conversations in a way that's going to instigate conversation and it's going to encourage collaboration. Mm-hmm. And you do do that by, uh, by asking how and
1: what questions. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because uh, knowing you and your work, you know, you're talking about collaboration and and, uh, asking questions and opening up conversations. And these things, I think to some people who I I have been working with, sounds like that sounds like a lot of meetings and a lot of workshops. This is all what designers do. But the thing is that doing all those things actually affects the bottom line quite quickly and gets you to the results like perfectly.
2: But it also affects your motivation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people love this stuff. You know, yeah, like that's true. <laughs> I would love to sit in workshops all day and the, like talk yeah. about this stuff. There like are
0: people who likes doing things, like putting their fingers on something. Mm. But I'm, I'm, I i am i do not know. Like I, I'm not big fan of meetings. Don't get me wrong. Mm. And like I've, I'm the resident process hater as well. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, like you can quantify it. And if you have yeah. a meeting or two more, s- how difficult as it is. And then you don't need to maintain a pile of crap mm. that you or your development team have delivered to production that's buggy or not doesn't fit what your user wants mm. or doesn't solve the actual problem. Doesn't solve problem. the actual problem, then you need to still need to solve it. And then yeah. you've delivered another problem. Mm. Then that meeting you've is used, not the yeah. worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, and and this is and you is end up using
1: like twice the time or spending yeah. so like way more.
0: In the end, you can quantify it. And and I think what's important and is again again with our episode one is to put the right people in the room those who love yeah. putting their fingers and doing we should respect that and not force them to be in workshopping things, but you said you love that you love that for I example love it. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then that 's why we also have like uh different like we need to address people as people and not yeah. think about um developers as, as a group every developer is the same no or yeah. every UX person Everyone's is the different
2: same. even yeah. designers every designer is different And as a leader you s- it's important to know who exactly. your designers are and listen to what their needs like like a designer is very they live by design
0: mm-hmm. and they
2: breathe design or they do design for their job and as a leader it's important to know which designers are which yeah because that's going to help you as a leader or even like understand like you know how they're going to be working who yeah. they who they could be working with, mm-hmm. and how you approach them, and how we deliver these solutions. Like this is a, a really important thing, and it probably goes with developers as, yeah. as well. Like exactly. understanding like who wants to be siloed, who wants to be more collaborative. Yeah, same here. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think we are basically running out of time. Oh yeah. no, uh, I was really
2: enjoying this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we can do another one. Well, <laughs>
0: And, and I think we're continuing with our tradition of recording when there's, lo- there's lovely weather outside. <laughs> yeah,
1: we should go out.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: anyhow, we really, really want to thank you for coming here today oh, thank and you sharing you for your thoughts me. and experience. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was awesome um, ha- having you, Erin. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, learned a lot, realized that the UX people and um, and developers are not, like, basically having similar problems, which yeah, is kind of interesting. Um Oh, and we do have one question from the audience, um, which is not fully topic related, but design UX related. Mm-hmm. Oh, we might, I think we should say UX is user experience. Yeah, I think we've said that already, but yeah. Okay, and um, yeah, what is the difference between a UX person and a designer?
2: Ooh. I think that's a whole episode, <laughs> so maybe just in
1: a couple of
0: words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, think then we should have that episode. Yeah, we, we probably should have this it's episode actually,
2: because you know that you have UX designers and UI designers and user Ooh, interface right designers, down. and like I think that at the end of the day, we're, they're just, I mean, there's lots of streams and channels. It's very hard to kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I guess like UX designers are a bit more methodical potentially, you know, they start to think more about heavy logic, um, and start really getting in under the hood. Whereas UI designers might be more, um, thinking about design patterns or design systems Mm -hmm. and like how to kind of put those, Mm -hmm. put those things together. Um, but yeah, I mean, design is like this all encompassing thing now, you know, it's, it's, and it's very easy for someone who isn't, Familiar with design to kind mm-hmm. of like put them all underneath one umbrella of just yeah. design, you know? Definitely. But they are very different. You know, just like development, yeah. all developers are different, yep. you know? Like, and if you're hiring a designer, you know, like you would, they're kind of expected to be this jack of all trades, you know, yeah. especially in these startup industries, whereas yeah. you're like hiring like a developer like well, what developer are they like are they yeah, you true. know like a back end or a front end or like what framework do they like to work with you know like you don't expect a developer to like know everything all the languages and that's everything true, yeah. that's whereas with true. designers like they kind of are
1: so uh, we it, should I definitely have an episode we should have a topic yeah, yeah we should definitely have a I think that, that happens that. a lot like with designers and product management that it seems like because it's not a specific technology or something mm. that you like anyone can do that anyone job or do it. you have to know everything and that's not necessarily the case yeah, I mean, you can, you can
2: specialize yeah. in each one of those. Exactly. Like you can specialize in interaction design and specifically, you know, work with, you know, motion or mm-hmm. um, interaction or mm-hmm. the way that the page is displayed or how the user interacts with it, you know, or you can specifically be a user experience designer and just focus on the core, like yeah. intuitive experience of user. You mm-hmm. know, or just, and, and this kind of comes to what I said before, knowing what the designer is, knowing yeah. who they are, yeah. are they more methodical? Are they more scientific or are they more like passionate about like pixels and like getting everything perfect mm-hmm. and, you know, like, you know, putting that beautiful lick of paint on and getting all the typography really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So well, we, we
0: should, should definitely, I
2: hope I answered that question. Um, <laughs> well, I, I hope so as well. Uh, <laughs>
0: but I think maybe if we'll do an episode about that it will be even better um, actually I'm fascinated by the topic anyhow mm, yeah so. maybe
1: so if you're listening and this sounds like something that's very interesting to you then just leave a comment so we know and we will definitely make that episode and uh, yeah tell them where they can find us
0: <laughs> yeah so thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed our episode 10 yeah Yay! <laughs> Um, don't forget to follow us on TechPoint_C underscore c on twitter TechPointCharlie charlie on linkedin techpoint the group on facebook And, of course, our website, techpointcharlie.blog.